Happy Sunday, middle family. Hi. Happy Diwali to all those who celebrated this week. Happy Marathon Sunday to all those people who have already started the race or on the starting line. Um, happy all the things. Happy book launch to Jackie. Are you over there, sis? Where are you? We're so excited for you. Congratulations on all of the blood, sweat, and many, many tears that went into this, into this book. Into fierce love. <laughs> We're so, so proud of you. Thank you, sweetheart. All right. If you are joining us here in the physical space, or if you are online, maybe, I don't know, on your couch or at the starting line of the marathon or walking your dog or driving along. We're so glad that you've chosen to be with us. And let's just take a moment to be in the presence of God. Let's take a centering breath together. Come, let us worship God. My friends, if you've done the QR code, then we are fellowshipping, we are leaning on the everlasting arms. And I think we have the magic number in here where we can probably just stand. <laughs> hey, look across and wave at your neighbor. Be, hey neighbor, you so close now? Hey neighbor, you really close. Yes. Why are you ready to help us sing? Here we go.
with that choir. Good morning, everyone. I'm, uh, hi there. I'm Reverend Ben Perry. I use he, him pronouns, and I'm one of the ministers here at Middle Church. And I'm really excited to tell you about some of the things that are happening right now in the life of our community. Uh, so the big news, don't tell Jackie, but she has a book coming out Tuesday. Yeah. So that is really, really exciting. And I'll just say, as someone who's actually had a chance to read it ahead of time, it's actually not just Jackie's stories. This book is filled with stories about this church, of all the ways that our congregation spreads fierce love in the world. And so when this book goes out into the world, it's going to be an evangelist for this community. People are going to read it and they're going to go, oh my God, I want to be part of a church like that. And so we have just a ton of different ways that you can uh, help celebrate this book's launch and put it into the world and make sure that everybody finds out about it. So on uh, Monday, there's going to be a fabulous party at Joe's Pub. There's going to be all sorts of singing and readings, and it's just going to be a great, just, just a good old-fashioned party. <laughs> um, there are still a few tickets for that. I, I should say, for all of these things, there's a page on the website if you go to our news section that has all of these different ways to, and, and more to celebrate Jackie's book launch. So there's going to be the party on uh, Monday night. Then on Tuesday, uh, Jackie's going to be on the Today Show in the morning. So if you check out NBC, you can watch that. She, if, if we have any radio listeners, she'll be on Brian Lair that morning. So you can go tune in to WNYC. That night, she's in conversation with Wajahat Ali. They're going to have a conversation about how fierce love manifests at our dinner table. Then on Thursday, is going to be the big party for middle. So uh, at Marble Collegiate Church at 7 p.m., there's going to be a fabulous opportunity to talk with Jackie in a more intimate setting about what the writing process was like for her book. So you'll be able to bring your copy and get it signed, ask her questions about what she was thinking about, uh, you know, some of the, hear some of the stories that really come through uh, and, and are the heart of this book. Then, next Sunday, this is really important, do not come here in the morning. If you come here, you will be by yourself, and we don't want that for you. Everybody is going uptown to the Riverside Church, and we're going to have a fantastic celebration of Fierce Love, Jackie's book. She's going to preach in the cathedral. Titus Burgess is going to sing. It's going to be a wonderful worship celebration. And then at the end of that, Jackie's going to have a book talk with Michael Livingston. So this is just a week full of ways that you can be in celebration with your middle family. But as we're moving into this season, we also know that it's not always just about celebration. There's a lot of pain in these months, too. Uh, and so there's going to be a series of grief gatherings, uh, Tuesday, to November 16th and November 23rd, online at 7 p.m., Grief Amid Glad Tidings. Uh, and this is going to be an opportunity to talk with Reverend Amanda and Reverend Daryl about how do we hold the pain that so many of us go through, particularly in these times when we're looking around our dinner table and there are people who we wish were sitting there who are no longer. So if you're feeling and carrying some of that pain through this holiday season, know that this is a place that you can bring it, or we're going to hold whatever you're carrying in love, because that's what it means to be church. And if you want, if you're sitting here in the pew, maybe for the first time, or you're watching online and you're like, man, this does sound like a church I want to be part of. On Wednesday night, this week, uh, I'm going to be running a, a new members class. So this is, we don't make it really hard to join this church. You don't have to jump through hoops. You don't have to, you know, profess all kinds of allegiance to all sorts of strange creeds. And uh, all you have to do is you sign up online and then you attend a new members class and you are part of this movement because this church is about you. 
So come th uh, Wednesday night, 7 p.m., we'll have a new members class, and you can join this church and call this wonderful place your home as well. So that is some of the ways that you can be in uh, the life of this community this next uh, coming weeks. Uh, now if you'll take a breath with me. <laughs> I should also take a breath. I talk too fast. <laughs> if we can all take a breath, let's move into a time of prayer. God, we come before you today carrying so much. We are people who have moved through months and years that no one should have to endure. And yet, here we sit in your midst, daring still to love fiercely, to be the people you call us to be. And yet, we look out at a world that too often is bereft by the same violence that has plagued us for generations. When they sit in almost all white jury for the lynching of Ahmaud Arbery. When we can't seem to muster even a fraction of the aid and support that people are crying out for. When the most moderate compromises are portrayed as if they were some sort of grand victory. Lord, our souls are crying out. And we know that you have promised to be the one who stands in that breach, who repairs the streets to live in, that you have called us to be partners in that work. But Lord, we come before you with gladness as well, rejoicing in the fact that the youngest Many of the youngest of us this week are now able to be vaccinated. Life in the midst of death, living resurrection. So let us seize this hope and proclaim it for all to share, knowing that it is that ability to proclaim life in the face of death to which you call us. This is the life and ministry of Jesus Christ, who weeps at the feet of Lazarus, but resurrects him anyways. Pain is not at odds with resurrection. And so let us proclaim both joy and tenderness in this and every moment. Join me in praying the words that Jesus taught us in whatever language and words feel most comfortable to you, knowing that God hears all of them. Our Creator, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your reign come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins and the good news church is this we are blessed with peace blessed with love and blessed with the ability to share it with one another so to everybody who's watching us online to everybody who's sitting here right now in these pews peace be with you now come, let's share a sign of peace with one another.
Let the church say amen. amen. Let the church say glory to, God. glory to God. Thank you, choir. What a beautiful prayer that was. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, it is so good to be with you in this place. It is so good to be with you in this place. Will you say a prayer for me? God, may the words of my mouth, may the meditations of all of our hearts, be acceptable in your sight, O oh God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Today's scripture lesson is going to be presented orally uh, because that's how it came to be. But it's the story of the Good Samaritan. It's a story that most of us who've done church know by heart. Uh, but I'm going to tell it uh, in the Jackie translation uh, for this moment in time uh, there was once a young ruler who had been listening to Jesus preach. Some say he was a lawyer. Some say he was a wealthy citizen. But either way, his intention was to find out what it meant to be good and just and holy. And so he asked Jesus, Rabbi Jesus, of all the laws, all the 613 laws, in our scripture, which one is the most important one? And Rabbi Jesus, never missing an opportunity to preach a little, grabbed two scriptures, one from Deuteronomy and one from Leviticus, and put them together and said, this is the law. The most important law is to love God 
with all your soul, with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second one, the second one is just as important as the first. It is to love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. Now this rich young ruler or this lawyer asked a question that might have been meant to clarify, but also might have been meant to find a loophole. Who is my neighbor? And at that, Rabbi Jesus tells a story of a Samaritan. He actually tells a story of a man who was beaten on the road and left to die. The man that was beaten on the road and left to die is lying there, crumpled body, broken spirit, on the Jericho Road, which is a dangerous road. And in his agony and his crying out, a priest walks by. And hearing the, song, the sounds of moaning, seeing the tragedy of the man, the priest does not stop and in fact crosses the street to avoid the brokenness of this person. Could be that the priest was busy and on the way to temple. Could be that the priest was indifferent, although I don't want to think that. Likely the priest was keeping the rules because on the way to temple, on the way to Shabbat, on the way to holy, to touch a broken, bloody body would have made the priest unclean and therefore not being able to do all the work he needed to do for the whole synagogue just because of the one man. Nonetheless, he keeps it moving. Then, a Levite comes by, and the Levite also works in the temple. And the Levite sees the broken, bleeding man, hears the moans, hears his cry, and does not hasten <laughs> to help, but in fact also keeps moving toward the temple, toward the synagogue. Now the Levite, the Levites were also like the temple worshipers, like the, sink, the, the ones who were doing the rituals, the ones who were making sure the cup and the bread were ready, he could not get himself unclean either. But a Samaritan comes by. Now it's important to know that in the Jewish laws, mixed things are, think, are thought of as unholy. Mixed fabric, unholy. Um, mixed food, cheese, beef, unholy. This mixed-race Samaritan would have been seen as unclean, ritually unkosher, unclean to the Jewish people. But Rabbi Jesus, who himself is a mixed-race person, ironically, the Jews are mixed-race people, African-Semitic people, Jesus tells the story of an unclean hero, mixed race, despised by the other folks, who seeing the broken, bleeding man, hearing his cries, stops by to help him, picks him up off the ground, bloodying his robes, I'm imagining, puts him on his donkey, his horse, takes him down the Jericho Road, the dangerous road, to a town, takes him to an inn, 
goes inside the inn, pays the innkeeper the money to keep the man there until he gets well and says, I'm coming back by here soon if I owe you some more. I'll give it to you. And then he asks Jesus now, who was the neighbor? And the rich man goes, oh, I see. Not the one that was inside the bounds of religiosity, not the one with the religious authority, not the one seen to be perfect, pure, good, high up, fantastic. No, the one who was outcast, despised on the margins is the neighbor. I get it. And then Jesus says, go and do likewise. That's the word of God told by Jackie for the people of God. Thanks be to God. What a wild story. What a wildly extravagant act of kindness. Sounds otherworldly, except I've experienced it, my own self. Some of you know the story of me being a 22-year-old and having a car accident, flipping my car over in the QEW. That was so special, not. When your, talk, when your car is about to flip over, your stomach flips first, and there's nothing you can do. The G-forces are in motion, and mine was, and it flipped over one, two, three times, sunroof off, neck outside, back in the car, one, two, three times, I land on the tire, and in a hail of gravel and blood and glass, I'm alive and well, and so is my man. Well, he has dragged his hand and is deeply abraded. We go to the emergency room, and they keep him there, but release me with my non-car having, no money having, no place to stay, self. And I'm just devastated. And I'm standing at a bank of phones, back in the days when we didn't have cell phones, a bank of pay phones, and I'm calling his folks and my folks to report the accident. And my parents love y'all, but they are four hours away in Windsor, Canada, Canadian, I can't even talk, in Windsor, Canada. But because they don't like the boy, they're not coming to take care of me four hours away. I'm a 22-year-old, devastated, broken child. That's another sermon for another time. But that's how stuff can happen when we haven't healed our wounds. Something can prick your wound and you can't even show up. Does somebody know what I'm talking about? For somebody else. But we'll come back to that. The, the, the thing that is the miracle is that a white Canadian lady in a brown, in a coat, cloth coat, brown hair, short, tiny, is staring at me, walks over to me and says, what can I do? And when she says that I break down crying again, I get her coat totally wet with my mucus and things. And she does the Samaritan thing. She takes me to get a hamburger and fries and a vanilla shake. She takes me to a hotel, checks me in, pays the bill, comes back the next morning, picks me up, drives me to the car rental place, takes me, leads me back to the hospital. Like, who does that? As I wrote my book, I was trying to understand what that was, and I'm thinking, not only did she cross the hospital lobby to me, 
Not only did she cross the borders of Canadian and American to me, she crossed the borders of black and white to me, of stranger and known to me. She broke all the rules. She put a strange black woman in her car, for God's sake, with my big afro and my glassy, bloody self, and took me to the place I need to go. She transgressed the norms of what is decent and appropriate behavior between strangers to make sure that I was okay. Do you hear me? I'm calling that rule-breaking kindness, like the Samaritan broke the rules to offer transgressive, crazy kindness to that man on the road. I, I want to stay with the idea that the priest and the Levite were not selfish. I want to stay with the idea that they were doing what they thought they were supposed to do, but they couldn't get outside of the bounds. They couldn't step out of the cultural expectations. They could not step out of their roles and their authority to imagine another way to do it. But this nice white Canadian lady did. We are called to be transgressive, middle family. We are called by God to do a bold new thing on the earth, which actually means stepping outside of where we're comfortable. I recently read a story of a woman who lost her son to suicide when he was 18 years old. And she says she cried every day for three years. She couldn't get past it. Until one day, she stepped outside of her grief and decided that there were other people like her who were grieving and set up a support group called Surviving Friends. At 83, she has helped 22,000 people survive the death of their loved ones to suicide because she stepped out, you know what I mean, of her comfort zone. We're called to break the rules. When we were grieving the fire that destroyed our building, crestfallen, flames still leaping, smoke still rising, many of our members, several of our members, did ridiculous care that day. Some of them were in the Ministry of Coffee, making sure that the clergy and the lay leaders standing out in the cold were being cared for, and they got sandwiches. So as you came to sit shiva, you had food to eat. Some of our members took their pastor's stuff back to their pastor's apartment so that she could be hand-free to care for people. Some of our members, grieving and feeling like there was nothing else to do, right there about the fire, stepped in the gap and cared for the women at the Women's Prison Association, taking them not to Kmart, but to real stores to shop and replace the stuff that they need. That's rule-breaking kindness. When you, in the midst of your own grief, can step outside of the boundaries and love on somebody else. Do you know what I'm talking about? Some of us have gone to the border some of us middle family have been to the border of Mexico in Ciudad Juarez and, and watched, bore witness to the horrific ways families are being separated there. And some of us heard that there was a woman named Jackie on the way into the detention center, on the way into safety from her 
terror in her hometown, and she was being blocked by the police, by the border police. And so what did we do? We stepped outside of the comfort zone of the warm detention center and went back outside into the dangerous place of dealing with the border police and prayed for her in front of them and then prayed for them in front of her and then got her and her son into safety. That's rule-breaking kindness, middle family. Some of us have been on buses to Washington, D.C. Some of our queer black men to, to, to die in down in the nation's capital, in the Senate building where the food is served. I'm telling you what, when you're a queer black man and you're willing to die in on the ground and like stay on the ground while the police say, um, this is warning number one, and then this is warning number two, and, and this is warning number three, and the shiny boots, I was there, are right there near your face and head, and you know that those boots might be dangerous because they're meant for walking, yes, but managing, if you will. And they took the risk to be in that place, to be in solidarity for the value of all black lives. Some of you have marched in the climate march. Some of you have written zillions of postcards about voting rights. This is the rule-breaking kindness, the extravagant, crazy kindness to which God calls us if we're going to heal the world. Somebody say amen. amen. I, I wrote this book about fierce love out of a broken heart, decades of a broken heart. Decades of wondering why religion is toxic, wondering why Sunday mornings are still segregated, wondering how religion can make you turn planes into a bomb or make you exterminate Jews when Jesus is a Jew or make you blame Chinese people for the flu. Somebody, has your heart been broken by religion? I'm thinking to myself, there's got to be a way to put more love in the world. There's got to be a way to put fierce love in the world, to call us into transgressive kindness, rule-breaking kindness. Fierce love is rule-breaking kindness, heart-rendering kindness, sacrificial kindness that breaks the rules. And we've got to break the rules. Any rule that makes a queer child want to jump off a bridge and kill themselves because they're trans and they don't know what to do about it, we got to break that rule. Any rule that puts queer people out of church still today because they're a, quote, abomination, we got to break that rule. <coughs> Any rule that made African Americans to be counted as three-fifths of a citizen but still creates a wealth gap that is 170% different than white folks, we got to break that rule. We got to break the rules that separate families at the border, and this is the land of the free and the home of the brave. We got to break the rules that keeps indigenous people on reservations with nothing that belongs to them. We've got to break those rules. We've got to break the rules that erode voting rights and act like it's just a fait accompli and something called the filibuster, which was designed at one point to make sure minorities would have a voice that is abused to make sure we don't. We've got to break that rule as well. We've got to break the rules of we put a Democrat in office and therefore we'll just wait and see. Come on, somebody. I voted for Biden too, but I don't want him cushy. 
I don't want us to snap, snap, snap at the infrastructure bill when we still don't have the right to vote. That's not good enough. We're called, oh my God, I want to walk down the aisle, but I can't because I don't have on my mask. I, we are called. It's true. We are called. Protocol says you can stay up there because you've been inoculated and I took my COVID test, it's negative, but I can't come to you. But, hallelujah, we are called. We are called. Come on, somebody. We are called to break some rules. I want to hear you say break the rules. Break some rules. Break some rules. Make some noise and break some rules. We are not the timid, passive, sit-around congregation, are we? We are the get in the streets, get busy, get jiggled with it, justice congregation. And that kindness starts with you. It doesn't start with me and Amanda and the staff. It starts with you. Where's your passion? Where's your hope? What's the work you want to do? And go ahead and do it. We're on the way into the season of Advent and the season of hope. We're on the way to the one-year anniversary of this horrific fire that we're still grieving. And while we did that, while we grieved, 500 more people joined the church. Because why? Because they want to be in the movement with us. So my friends, transgressive, rule-breaking kindness that can heal the world. This is our calling. That's what the story of the Samaritan is about. Let's get some Samaritan up in here and do our thing. Amen, real quick, while we're getting, having a transitional moment. Are you ready? <laughs> Sing with them, everybody. Formal and wonderful we are. Yay! <laughs> to keep everybody safe and healthy, we are not going to celebrate communion right now, but we will celebrate it as oh. we walk out, knowing that God lives as much in the streets of our city as it does in any sanctuary. But as we listen to this story about rule-breaking kindness, let us remember that those same rules that Jesus broke when he sat around a table knowing that Judas would betray him and fed Judas anyways. That is the kind of rule-breaking kindness we're called to, the kind that doesn't see people and put them into categories, but extends sacrificial love, knowing that that is the only force that will save us. That's the kind of church 
that I want to be in, and I hope it's the kind of church that you want to be in. And so as we leave the doors today, let's live that kind of church in the world because it's that kind of love that's going to shake it up. Amen. but hello. <laughs> I'm Devin Mosley, for anybody who doesn't know that here, but I'm sure a lot of you online don't know that. Um, I have the privilege of, of doing the Join the Movement this morning. And it's kind of a funny role because I'm also a staff member here at Middle Now too, but I'm a member first, so that's cool. I joined Middle probably six years ago and um, was kind of in a, in a wilderness space when I got to Middle not knowing what faith really was, but knowing, I guess not knowing what my faith was at the time, but knowing that I had a belief and wanting to, to dig deeper. And that's what this place has been for me for six years. And I think listening to Jackie today talk about stepping out of your, your comfort zone, stepping out of your boundary of what you expect of yourself and where you can be in the world for others is what Middle does for me all the time. And after the fire, I joined the staff as director of development to help step out of my comfort zone and figure out how we can rebuild and where we can find resources. And I think that we're in this beautiful space right now at Middle, a wilderness space, of figuring out what else we need to do, who we need to be for the world and for ourselves. And so part of that is being in this movement together and figuring out what you want to be as part of Middle how you want to show up in this space, leading worship groups, leading active, you know, active activist lifestyle things as part of this movement. Do you want to be an usher? Do you want to have a volunteer group of some other thing that we're not thinking about? That's the beauty of this place. We need it all and we need you to be a part of this. And certainly, as we're figuring out what to do about our building, our gathering spaces, and the future of Middle's headquarter around the world, we need your tithe as well. So I'm inviting you all today to dig in deeper, figure out how you want to show up in this movement, and be here with us. Thank you.
just a word to abuse and take lightly, sort of said to be heard in everyday actions and reactions, our chances to make love active and not just a word. these gifts of God to be used for thy will and purpose to help us to share this fierce love, this rule-breaking love out into the world as you would have us to do. In your many precious, matchless and holy names we pray. Amen.
So church, we're getting ready for our closing hymn, Total Praise. And today the sanctuary has been filled with God's spirit, with messages from God directly to us through the spoken word, the preached word, and through the song. And here, before we go out, we're going to lay it all out before God with everybody who's here today and online. Online people, if you can sing, sing out, Louise.
Thank you, John, Leon. Thank you, Sammy. Thank you. Thank you, Max. Whew. Thank you all. The sacrifice you make to get up in the morning, to come all the way to intersections, all the way from, you know, Texas. Uh, Rule-breaking kindness. That's rule-breaking kindness. my mic. That's rule-breaking kindness right there, y'all. You too, middle family. There's a lot to grieve. There's a lot going on. Hot mess. And your kindness the little bitty things you do, making shoes, <laughs> teaching classes, choreographing dances, raising children, caring for the elders. Oh my God, every little thing you do changes the story, opens the door, begets more love, begets more kindness, transforms folks' lives. Oh my God, you're so good. You're so good. <laughs> I'm so proud to be your pastor. I just can't even skip. How could we have survived this past year and still be killing it with love? Because God is good and you are too. And that's a holy partnership that requires you to step out of comfort sometimes, right? So I'm inviting you to keep on stepping. Keep on moving. Keep on loving. That's how we're going to heal the world. I love you very, very much. God bless. Thank you.